concept of uh, deafness and how halacha views that and as we, we started talking about then can technology change the halachic status of a person in general but today we're we'll specifically going to focus on issue of deaf um, the halachic status of deafness and how uh, technology can or cannot change that Good morning, Shelly. Shelly, I like it better if you add front words. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm saying I have trauma from the other way. I was beat up by many people wearing a hat backwards. My, yeah. Okay, so, uh, so. So, um, so I'm going to start from the beginning here, just as introduction, and uh, Ron will help us get through the technological aspects of it and the medical aspects of how hearing, different hearing technologies help us. But just to understand, so, so um, as we know, just historically, and Ron again will correct me if I'm wrong, um, is historically people born without the ability to hear throughout history for many, probably, I venture to say thousands of years were erroneously put into mental institutions. They, they were, um, and it's only in the last few hundred years that we have the technology, let's say like Manny was mentioning, even sign language and things like that and other techniques that were developed to communicate with deaf people um, where they can make themselves understood. We understood that they actually have they're normally functioning human beings, um, and in the medical world and the world at large, their status, I think, has has obviously improved and changed as far as we don't assign them to institutions anymore, etc. Um, so, so it actually goes the the concept um, in halacha. Interestingly enough, there's no difference between a deaf person doesn't have any different status. It's specifically a deaf mute, what's called a cherish in the Gemara and Chagiga and a number of other places the Talmud refers to someone who and everyone agrees, there's no arguments talking about someone who cannot hear and cannot speak they have a different halachic status as we'll, as we'll talk about but someone who just has lack of hearing but is able to communicate at least through speech we'll talk about other forms of communication whether it's sign language and lip reading or whatever but uh, if they're able to speak they, or if they're able um, to speak and not hear, or if they're able to hear and not speak, would not classify them in any which way different halachim. Okay, so that's um, the first thing that's important to understand. Um, so, so as far as, you know, is today where, I don't know what the fancy words are, oralism, or uh, that people are able to communicate in other ways besides through spoken language, which I, think, I believe is called manualism, something like that. Manualism and oralism, just the different ways of communicating um, besides speech. So that's a different halachic question, whether communicating through other ways besides speech would be considered halachic medaber, so to speak, someone who is considered a, a, um, speaking um, or not, is, is a different argument, which may be relevant. As we'll see, it's relevant to what we discussed today, but that is, that is itself a question. So even without technology, if somehow a, a deaf person who's born deaf um, can communicate in other ways, as we're saying, let's say sign language, would that be considered um, a madaber, a halachic category of madaber, someone who can speak or not? So, so um, it's, it's relevant. Now, today, of course, we have um, different tech hearing technologies. Right, we have hearing aids, we have cochlear implants, um, which obviously are all tremendous technological advantage, ad advances. We also have other new technologies, maybe Ron would fill us in, uh, that he patented himself. Um, but whatever those are, they allow the person to hear through different, through different methods. Okay, and the question is obviously, if someone now can hear and subsequently speak through those various methods, technological um, advancements that we have today, does that take them automatically out of the category of cheresh, um, uh, um, 
um, that they're no longer considered deaf and mute um, because now they can hear. Um, what's the question? It should be obvious, of course it should. But as we know, nothing's so um, clear-cut in Allah or else we wouldn't have a class today. If it was so obvious, I would just end the class now. And uh, yes, of course, they're hearing now and they're speaking. But it's not so simple and, and it has to do with what we discussed a few weeks back, which is um, can technology change the halachic status, so to speak, in, in many areas. This is not just relevant to deaf people, like we said. It's relevant to electrocardiograms and 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 uh, bugs in your lettuce and uh, um, uh, what's the you know the GMOs and all these type of things. Which today um, we have these major technologies, but does it affect the halachic status of? food item of a person, of a human, of an animal, etc. So how does that all work? So this, today we're going to focus on this, on the deaf issue, um, and maybe if I doubt we'll have time to get onto the other stuff, but then we'll be done. So, so again, so many, almost all the post-kim in the last, I would say, 50 years at least, I don't know when hearing aids were invented. Ron, do you know when hearing aids were invented? Yeah, well, they, they had to talk about it. They had to talk about it, yeah. I'm saying with te technological hearing aids, more technologically advanced. Right. So since then, there's been literally, I would say, every single uh, major uh, halachic decisor in the world has written something on this issue. Because obviously it's a very prevalent and important issue that needs to be discussed. Again, whether, meaning when you have a deaf person who now exhibits understanding and can communicate with others, etc., through technology, how does that work? Okay, so we're going to try to discuss it. So, so generally, um, um, first of all, as far as what's the source, by the way, it's not even clear what's the source that a cheresh um, is exempt as a concept. In halacha, as we said, a cheresh means, again, a deaf-mute Some is exempt from mitzvot. We put him in the category of someone who's exempt from uh, mitzvot because the understanding was he had some type of diminished mental capacity. Um, and obviously we know that's not true today in a certain sense, but the lack of communication, at least, the way it's, I understand it, is didn't allow us to recognize whether he has mental capacity or not, since he couldn't communicate. And, and therefore, the default would be that we, um, we don't consider him completely mental competent because you don't know his capacity. They didn't have a method of ascertaining his capacity. So that, that's the way it's understood. But now what's the basis for that? Um, is it from the Torah? Is it Allah al Moshe Is it uh, what, what exactly? What's the source, the scriptural source for that? Um, there seems to be different opinions from what I've seen so far. Um, so There, there, by the way, also there's a difference, I believe, in the post, I'm just trying to remember offhand, between someone who was it's, um, who's born deaf, a congenital deaf person, and someone, there might be a difference, um, someone who became deaf later in life. Um, most people, hold their, at the end of the day, if they're both deaf-mute, there's no halachic status difference, but there are those who disagree, say it's only referring to a congenital um, deaf person, not, not someone who became uh, Deaf later in life. So, well, one thing is that's clear is that the fact that it's specifically a deaf mute, that communication is a key part of it, and that's understood um, very clearly, as we're going to see at least in Ramosha Feinstein. Um, communication is the key here to, to again, to understand the, the, what we're lacking here is what we're assuming that's lacking is intellectual growth and development. So, if someone can't communicate, in any which way, the assumption is um, that uh, we have to view him, that he might be, again, he might be lacking in this um, concept of what we're calling das in halacha, and therefore he has this, this status. Okay? Um, no, I didn't say we're locked into these definitions. We're going to see how technology can change the definitions or if or if status no 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 I'm saying is I never said we're locked into why are you putting words in my mouth I never said anything about being locked into these definitions the question is um, if technology can take someone out of that status the definitions 
Um, we already changed in the 1700s, the Chassam Sofer says, that now that we're able to see, and they had institutions where, they able, where deaf people were able to, to study mathematics, etc. He already ruled way back in the 1700s or, um, that, that their status as far as the Cherish is changes, meaning halachically, no longer exempt from its wealth. So that we're not locked into the definition. Today, the antiquated medical forms of testing, no, we're not. As a matter of today, the fact is that since we know that they do have that, says the Chassam Sofer, they have to do all the mitzvot like anyone else. Um, so that, so we're not locked into it whatsoever. The question is, we're discussing today is, how does, does technology play a role in changing their status? Okay, so... Um, I'm not familiar with what it means by testing. Testing, hearing, testing for intellectual capability, physical. Yeah, so that's what the Chassam Sofer says. Yeah, the Chassam Sofer, that's exactly what he says. According to the Chassam Sofer, yes. Got it. Um, but again, so the, it seems to be in many of the postcom that the key problem is not necessarily lack of hearing per se, as more as uh, when someone has a, is is congenital, they were born with deafness, they have a lack of communication. So once we can even solve the communication issue, according to many, that itself would take them out of the halachic status. So that's a key point. Um, um, the question is also writing is discussed. What happens? Someone just says they can communicate through writing, but not. So that's that's a, another question which I don't know enough about. Um, so so um, so it's important to understand, as Ron pointing out. So to, in today's day and age, the the classical definition of a deaf mute, in halachic terms, almost really doesn't exist. Um, in that sense, because as we're saying, we're able, they're able to communicate today, they're, they have these, all these abilities. We're not saying they have testing capabilities, which I don't know how that works, but, but either way, it almost, in that sense, um, uh, doesn't exist. A, the, the true halachic definition of a cherish um, wouldn't exist today. Um, okay, so now, as we've stated, so someone who is a, a defined as um, a deaf mute, where he lacks speaking ability and hearing ability, um, th both of those, so that would be considered a charish. Okay, so now the question becomes, as we said, when when it comes to hearing, uh, hearing any type of hearing devices, would that change them now that the fact that they're able to hear through these new devices? Would that change their status um, or not? Or like we said, even sign language, etc. So, so first, if Ron, if you're able to explain to us the difference between hearing aids versus cochlear implants as far as how they work and what they're changing in, in you know, and stay in the work engineeringly different in how they're allowing the person to hear. Can you, you, can you explain us to that in a short, concise way? Yeah.
Fine peasants. But the cochlear implant is using, meaning when someone hears naturally, they're also hearing through that same method or Oh, what I'm saying is, is the same methods in the brain or wherever the, the stimulus that's happening happen in a regular hearing person or it's something completely different? But it's, but it's mimicking the natural methods? No, totally. Totally not. Manny, you had a question? You're muted. One second. Okay. available that Shelly mentioned and the, the, it's not really relevant to our class I'll explain why it's relevant there's a whole other issue which we're nearly not focusing on today which is can someone who has any of these hearing devices who's using the, any of these above hearing devices whether it's a hear regular conventional hearing aid cochlear implant or whatever it may be fulfill a mitzvah, even if they're not, meaning we're saying we're limiting our talk today to someone who's a deaf mute. That's a question of his halachic status. There's another problem. If someone just can't hear, and now they're only hearing um, through these devices, so the question becomes there are many mitzvot that are depending, dependent on you hearing, such as the shofar blowing is a mitzvah that you have to hear the shofar. Um, whatever, uh, reading the Torah, which is not uh, rabbinical, it's still a mitzvah, right? You need to hear the, the Balkara reading, you need to hear every word, right? So we have many mitzvahs that are dependent on the person's hearing. So the question is, can he fulfill, is he, not can he, is he fulfilling the mitzvah if I'm only hearing shofar through a hearing device? Because am I really hearing sound or am I hearing some other waves or other form of communication that's not really the sound of the chauffeur. It's electrical impulses that are coming through. Um, so that would be one, one second one. That would be one question. And the other question would be um, the fact as in, in Orthodox Judaism, at least, I think so far was the only holdout denomination in that, that we don't allow the use of microphones on Shabbat. Um, it, right, so how does it work? If I have a hearing aid, does that mean I have to take it off for Shabbos? I'm hearing through a microphone, am I allowed to raise the volume, etc.? Um, but that's, that's a separate issue. But both the, the, the difference, I believe, and this is maybe what Ron's going to address in a second, between cochlear implant and a normal conventional hearing aid, as far as our question today of changing the status, I don't think it would make much of a difference. As far as the question of hearing, chauffeur or hearing any other mitzvah which requires you to hear the sound so there the way uh, Ron is describing the different methods 
of technology that are, that are and the, the ability for the person to hear, that's where it might make a difference because in one case you're hearing sound waves and the other one you're hearing electrical impulses. I don't know enough about that. But that's the only, that's the case where it would be a practical difference maybe in halacha. Um, Ron, go ahead. That could be very true. Again, I'm not an engineer, so I don't know how all these devices work. But let's say, forget hearing aids for a second, even microphones, uh, mo most post-kim, uh, most, uh, I'd say many post-kim, including Moshe Feinstein, is very adamant that you cannot fulfill the mitzvah, let's say a shofar or, or any of those mitzvahs, if you're hearing it through a mic. Um, because you're not hearing the actual sound, but you're hearing electrical, the, the, the way, again, the, my limited understanding of the technology is it changes the sound to electrical impulses and then changes them back into sound coming out of the speaker. Well, one second, no, no, so I'm saying is, so therefore, this, no, they're viewing at least, at least, and that's why I'm saying there's a difference maybe between cochlear and conventional, you know, it's meaning a, let me finish, let me finish my point. The, no, I'm talking about the job. I'm saying in that situation, that's the only place where, where we care about how the sound is being heard. Meaning, because the Torah says, listen to the shofar. You have to, he you have to hear the sound of the shofar, is what the mitzvah is. The mitzvah is not to blow the shofar. Yes. Exactly, that's my point. So therefore the question is, is hearing a shofar, where the Torah requires you to hear a shofar, through the application of a, sp of a microphone, which is what a hearing aid technically is, just a microphone, is that considered you hearing the sound of the shofar, or are you hearing some electrical impulse that's creating the similar sound to the shofar? That's the question over there. So over there, Moshe Feinstein is adamant that one should not, any mitzvah that requires hearing, um, should not be heard through a microphone. Um, but a cochlear implant might be different, maybe, because it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's not electrical impulses or whatever, maybe. I don't know what it is. No, I'm saying it's not, as, it's not the same as just amplifying. It's not the same technology as... And again, I don't know enough about this, and it's very possible they didn't understand it, which I believe there are those that, after reading the different... Ramosh Feinstein has around, I would say, five or six responses on this question of microphones and etc. And he... He, he, there are some say that he didn't understand the difference between them, so we'll get to. So it is a valid point that Ron's making, because obviously, again, as we know, halacha is only as good as understanding the technology and the science. So if he didn't, if the rabbi didn't understand the technology and the science, then they would come out with the wrong halachic conclusion. Shelley, yes. Very good point. So, uh, so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Eddie, you had something to say? A hundred percent, yeah. That's true, very relevant this year. Thank you. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. But but uh, that's I mean it's not the topic of today, but that is obviously the question of the day. I think throughout the world. I mean, now most people don't ask as a question in because um, again with in Orthodox institutions it's not a relevant question only because they don't they're not going to use the Zoom on the holidays anyway. But it was relevant for uh, Tisha B'av, Akinas, and things like that. The minion. During the week, it's relevant. It's not relevant Shabbat in, for Orthodox institutions. For Reform and Conservative, obviously, it's a, that it seems to be the way everyone, no one's asked the question. Everyone's assuming that you can fulfill them. It's what Bethy Sharon's been doing, I think, uh, um, chauffeurs blowing over, you know, on computer for years, people in the hospitals. Right. So that. So again, that would be depends on your denomination. Speak. Speak to your local uh, denominational rabbi of your choice. Um, so. Um, okay. So I don't want to. So. <laughs> so it depends how much dues you pay. It depends on your due level, on your due uh, status, how much dues you pay, but. But the point is, so the, so that's that's what we're discussing today: the halachic status of this sound that's coming through technology, but not, but it's not the actual sound. Meaning, again, well, that's the question: is it the actual sound or not? Again, all in all the responses that I've seen, they say sound through a microphone, even through a microphone, forget Zoom, is not considered sound. Um, in certain cases, Moshe Feinstein says, if someone's stuck in a hospital, they need to hear Avdallah, which is only rabbinical, probably, so he says you can listen to Avdallah on the phone um, if someone doesn't have someone to make Avdallah for them. But generally speaking, he's, and he says, but um, in many cases, if you're only hearing it through the microphone or through the technology, you can't make, uh, you can't answer Amen to the bracha, you can't, uh, you can't uh, say Hashem's name in vain if you're just fulfilling the mitzvah for that person who's hearing it through the, through that. So, so that's way before hearing it. That, again, but that's not our issue today. It's a, it's a valid question. Um, but that seems to be clear. Well, I wouldn't say clear, but in many of the posts, Kim, we seem to be saying that any time you're hearing sound through technology, it's not considered um, the actual sound for fulfilling a mitzvah of hearing, meaning, again, like shofar, a reading of the Torah, Kaddish, answering Amen for all those things. So even though we do, listen, today even, in, obviously, in, in, we're living in crazy times, so even the Orthodox are using Zoom, um, but that's during the week, where it's just more of a, it's, it's really, it's to give people the feeling that they're tapping into the congregation, you know, and feel good about their, you know, they're not just stuck at home, and giving them more, it's more of a social, uh, I think, than and a halachic issue today, in the sense of, listen, if someone's in the hospital and they, they only can hear, you know, they're stuck, it's depressing or for the Seder, as we said, so they want to be part of society. So it's a way Zoom is helping in that sense. But halach, strictly halachically speaking, you can't count on a minion, and it's not considered, again, according to many, um, hearing the actual sound. But that's not our topic for today. We haven't gotten to our topic yet. Um, too many questions. <laughs> We're going to run out of time. But, you know, Manny, then Shelley, give Manny a chance. Yeah. That's in the case of hearing aids, but not, as Ron mentioned before, if someone has cochlear implants, that means they have no ability to hear whatsoever. So you're right, that's another place, a good point, where there'll be a difference between someone who's wearing a hearing aid and a cochlear implant. Because someone, and we're going to discuss that in a second, someone who's wearing a hearing aid has some ability to hear. Am I correct, Ron? As opposed to someone who has a cochlear implant, they have zero, right. Right, exactly. Not my voice, but others. Rabbis don't, first of all, rabbis don't have any avarice. That's number one. <laughs> rabbis can't sin. Number two is, uh, so that's really, you know, that's realistically. Uh, yeah, but there's no, that's really not true because it looks like today, first of all, we live in society where you're constantly passing by cameras and smart, you know, that's, if it's not as purpose as to 
initiate that electrical impulse, then it's not really a problem. It's less of an issue, but, but I hear your point. You want to give rabbis of errors, I'll, I'll, it's fine. Go ahead, Shelley. It's not the first time, not the last time. I'm not sure because, and I don't know if I'm correct in this, but I would venture to say, meaning when you're hearing the shofar without any devices, you're hearing the sound of the shofar. It is, as Ron mentioned, it's echoing off the walls and echoing. There's a lot of um, it's bounce, it's sound waves that are bouncing off different places. But as opposed to if you're hearing it through, let's say, a cochlear implant, you, the, or let's say you're hearing it through a microphone, simpler case, are you hearing the sound of the shofar, or are you hearing some other electrical, an electrical impulse, which is not the sound of the shofar, it was created by the sound of the shofar. It's a new sound that's, that's coming, that technology is creating when, it, when the microphone, whatever, however microphone works, whatever's happening in that wire, wireless thing. I True. No, you didn't hear, the, that's the question. Did you hear the shofar? Did you hear electrical impulses? Did you hear electrical sounds? It's like those bands that play on the keyboard. You sound, it sounds exactly like a trombone or a, or a saxophone, but it's not. It's fake, as we know, right? For those of us who, who are into music, not me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, right, so so I'll just give you the basics. The Gemara, the Talmud says, for example, this this all starts in the Talmud, of course, um, that if someone blows shofar into a pit, a cave, and and someone's walking by and all they're hearing is the echo of the shofar, they have not fulfilled the mitzvah. That's a Mishnah. Okay, so no, I, I, again. They understood, maybe, maybe they didn't, maybe they did. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe they did or didn't. But the point is, it's a secondary echo, meaning it's not the normal. Okay, here, I hear your points. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I have to speak to an engineer. Maybe, possibly. And you guys are having an effect on me after 22 years. I'm just throwing in the towel. So again, it's 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 a fascinating question. What is the definition of hearing? It's basically what we're or what's the definition of sound? What's the definition of hearing? Um, so now, so let's get to what we wanted to discuss today. Now that we have ten minutes left, um, so so the uh, the point is like this: Ramosha Feinstein has, a, if you thought till now was absurd, uh, absurd, now Ramosha Feinstein has a tshuva which takes it to a new level. He has a response like this. So he's discussing this question. I'll read you the question that is addressed. Binyan Cheresh um, Medaba, this was written in 1971. I don't know where the technology was at that point. Binyan Cheresh Medaba, Yedei Shehizchil Shmoa So again, we're not discussing the hearing mitzvot using a microphone, Shabbat, that's, that's not what he's discussing here. He has six other responses about that. But here we're discussing specifically does it change the halachic status when someone is hearing through a device? The question was posed like this. It was written by, the question was asked by some rabbi in Gateshead in England. Um, okay, that shouldn't affect the question even though he's English. Bedavar Echad Shanolat Cherish. The question that was posed was someone who was born as a deaf mute. Without the ability to hear, and he also didn't have, because he didn't have the ability to hear, didn't have the ability to speak. After he, he uh, became an adult, he placed in his ears this um, hearing machine, he doesn't say what it is, and through this he hears well. He hears so well now that he hears what's happening in the other room, he says. That's how well, uh, in 1971, he even hears his wife. Even as is what his wife's telling him to, to do now or not to do. And through this, he now learned the ability to speak. His, his, uh, his, speech, his speaking ability 
um, of pronunciation is not great, it's not so clear, but he's able to communicate. So the question is, does he have a din status of a pikach, means a totally functioning, healthy person, like a, like someone who's not a sheresh? So what's the question? Like Shelley said, he's hearing. Who cares how he's hearing? Maybe hearing through a machine, technology, is it like the famous minchatzotros they had uh, you know, in the old movies? I've only seen them in the movies. Don't date yourself if you've ever seen them in real life. But those, uh, they're called ear trumpets, I think. That was where the old lady would stick this thing in her ear and be this big horn on the other end and you scream in her ear. Okay, my siblings told me they've seen people actually do that. Everyone's seen that? Has anyone seen that in real life in your days? No? Nobody's seen the, the ear trumpets? Well, what are they called, Ron? What's the medical oh, ear trump? Ear horns. Okay. So just basically a tube, a large tube where you scream into the other end and the person hears you. So that's already discussed in the Shulchan Aruch, yeah? Wow. Cool. Amazing. Yeah, but I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't commercially available. Meaning, people it's probably only people who could afford it at the time. <laughs> right. um, so, anyways, he says, is it like the chatzotzos that are discussed in the Shulchan Aruch? Yeah, it's not the Shulchan Aruch itself; it's the commentaries discuss it. Shenachshav Shomer that. The Prichadash is one of the commentaries there says that is considered hearing. Someone hears only through one of those um, horns. Um, or maybe it's not considered um, he's not considered a, a someone who can hear and speak. Um, so that, that's the question. Meaning, does can technology change the status? So basically I'm not read you, I'll read you parts of it, but what he comes out is there a very strange ruling. Um, he says like this, he says, he ends up coming out that someone who did have a hearing aid attached later point in life, which permits him now to hear, again, we're talking about originally he was born a congenital deaf mute, um, and now he could communicate with others because he was able to hear and learned how to speak. So he would have the status of a pikech, of a, of a, a regular common intelligence person, and he'd be obligated to mitzvah like any other Jew. That is the end of the day where Ramosha says, but um, he does, in the middle, he goes off on a tangent and he explains how he got to this point. So he says, really, and this is fascinating, as we see many disagree with him, and this is, sounds crazy to me, and I'm not sure, how, oh, we'll try to figure out what he means, but basically what he says is like this. He says, really, technology cannot change the halachic status of a person. Because he's saying, this guy, as Shelley mentioned before, he can't hear. God, you know, it's, the, it's, it's only the technology that's allowing him to hear. So technically, he is not a halachic hearing person, says Ramosh. Again, the end result is, we consider him halachically, he's not a cherish. But he's, he, I'm just explaining you now what we call in, in yeshiva language the lambdas which means the, the logic how we got to that point. So the in-between, before the, the end ruling, um, so he says like this, he says, really, technology cannot change, Ramosh's opinion is technology cannot change the halachic status of a person, or, or anything for that matter. And he bases it, by the way, on the concept, as Shelley mentioned, the bugs and all other aspects, where anything that's subclinical, halacha doesn't recognize it, it doesn't exist in the halachic world, except what, what a normal human capability is. So he now broadens that. So we talked about it, let's say, relevant to bugs, relevant to, to uh, anything on the subclinical level. DNA, halacha wouldn't recognize, not, again, not because it's ancient, and it's because that the Torah only requires us to be human. Humans can only see things on the clinical level, not on the subclinical. So he now is broadening that, just as you're allowed to eat your lettuce that has microscopic bugs or your water that has amoeba in it, halachically speaking, even though you know there's amoebas in it, you still can drink it. So he broads that and says, from that concept of, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, so too, anything, any technological advance that you need the technology to change, take the person, change the status of that person or the animal or whatever the case may be. So halachically, 
it, it didn't happen. Okay? He says it's the same thing. Luckily, it doesn't exist. But, he says in this case, um, he says, since at the end of the game, because he now is hearing, not halachically hearing, but he's hearing in actuality, and he, he learns to talk, so now he can communicate. So all we care at the end of the day, once he can communicate, it's true, the communication came about through his technological hearing. So once he can communicate, he's no longer in the status of a cherish of a deaf mute, because he has the ability to communicate. So at the end of the day, his halachic status changed, but he's not halachically a hearing person. Halachically, he's still not, we don't consider him hearing. But we do consider him as a communicator because he has the ability to speak based on the fact that he was able to hear through technology. So that's the way he wiggles out of it. So again, his opinion is, generally speaking, technology can't change the person, uh, the person's status. Because halacha says, um, we only go with the normal human ability. One second, child. But in this case, since at the end of the day, he now has the ability to communicate, so who cares? At the end of the day, he's communicating. But he's still not halachically hearing, but that changes the status. The communication aspect, he's able now to speak, change, takes him out of the halachic status of cherish, of, of a deaf mute. So before Ron uh, has a nervous breakdown, let's want to get to the next step. There are people who agree with you. Right? <laughs> No, well, he's saying that. He's saying he's a speaking person, not a hearing person. He's still not hearing. He's, he, he's still not halachically hearing. He's, he's halachically speaking. One second, man. Okay, I'm, I hear you. Many. Yes, that's where much At the end of the day, saying this person is a full-fledged halachic status. Yes, yes. I'm just showing you the way he got there is fascinating because he has a problem because he's saying technology can't change the status. So why in this case is he saying it does change the status? So the way he's saying it is again the, the technology that's allowing him to hear wouldn't be he halachically wouldn't be considered hearing, but. The fact that he now, because of that, happens to be able to communicate, he learned through his hearing, he learned to communicate, so that would take him out of the status. That's what he's saying at the end of the day. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, he's 100%. He's 100% everything. There's no difference between him and, and uh, you and me and even Ron. Eddie. Great, great point. Yeah, great point. So I think that's what Moshe Feinstein is saying. He's saying the the key thing is is communication. Meaning, once we they could communicate, now we can ascertain that they're fully competent people. So once we have that ability, once they have that ability of communication, so I don't care about the hearing. They are halachically hearing they're not. That part is irrelevant. He's saying they're still not halachically. They're not hearing. But it's irrelevant because now they can communicate, and that's all that counts. He's saying is the, the, whole, the whole problem with the cherish, with the deaf mute, is his lack of communication. It's not his lack of hearing. Lack of hearing alone is, doesn't is no problem in Allah. It's only his lack of yeah, mental capacity, which we're not sure of. Communication takes away that problem. What do you mean by communicate? She, reading, besides reading, she could actually, she means she could write Braille? 
So again, so that's that's a question that I believe is addressed. Sign language, writing, are those sufficient communicating skills, communication skills, that would take them out of the the the, uh, the this this status? So it's a good question. I don't know. Meaning, it's as everything in Judaism. There's two opinions on that. I believe I don't have it offhand because that's not our topic today. But but it is a valid question. That's the question. But he's saying very much Feinstein in this tshuva says very clearly and, and that's one of the questions by the way people don't like what he's saying one sides for what uh, many reasons they don't like what he's saying but one reason is because basically he's saying if they can communicate then they're off the hook now their status changed so if they can communicate through sign language through through uh, whatever it is through writing it should change and it's that's not such a simple question but Ramajah Feinstein is making that assumption here in this response so that now they can communicate so now they're no longer in the halachic status of Kharaj. Okay, so so we only have two minutes left. So I'm I'm, um, I'm going to read you one of his one of the dissenters, someone named Rabasha Weiss, who discusses this question of technology and halacha, and he m- brings down this Shuvah Moshe, and he says it's ludicrous, it's absurd, it, it and he explains why. Um, I'm just going to I'm just going to find it here and read it to you. He says. He quotes from Moshe Feinstein in this response we just read that he's really not considered Allah for the hearing, but he communicates. That's his issue. So he says, like this, if I can find it quickly. Um, um, he says like this, he said, so he, he has a few different issues with this response, but one is, he says, which is I want to address, is the technology issue. He says, Elanir um, Pashit seems obvious to me, says this Rabbi Yosha Weiss, who's a contemporary authority, disagreeing with Ramosha Feinstein, not in the final ruling. Again, the ruling at the end of the day, everyone agrees he is, his status is like a piker, like a fully competent um, Jew. Um, it's only the question is how to, you know, the principles behind it. So, as near Pashit, it seems to me obvious that as long as he's hearing, he has a he is a a functioning person the Khaldavar. Veins at Daimaklal he says has nothing to do with how he's hearing. Who cares? Is he hearing through technology? Is he hearing through uh, sound waves, through through electrical impulses? That's all irrelevant. At the end of the day, the guy is hearing. The Torah is, that's all we care about. So he says, who cares how you how he's hearing? He says, and it's not it's it's not analogous at all to the, to that principle that we mentioned, so let's say to the bug issue, subclinically, he says there's no relation to that topic. The Kala Shaili says when you're dealing here with this question, the question is, does this person hear or not? Since he's hearing, he has he has the halacha, the halachic status of a full, fully functioning person. He says, um, he says, he says, according to Moshe Feinstein, he says, he says, any type of modern technology in medicine, he says a person has, uh, let's say, uh, you know, uh, surgery, okay, which changes his status, he now cured his cancer. So he's saying, halachically, Moshe Feinstein shouldn't be considered, he should be still be considered, he's terminally ill, because the, t- the cancer was, was cured through technology. Right, he says that's ludicrous. No, we're not. We, Halakha doesn't say that we can't use technology to change a person's status. He's saying, when it comes to eating bugs, so we have to define what a bug is. So if something's subclinical, we can only see it through a microscope. Is that the bug that the Torah prohibited or not? Over there, we apply the principle of Hatorah Lunitla Malchashoros. The Torah was was given to humans and not to angels. But he's saying to broaden that principle and to apply it to any new technology that. We, we don't look at the result, he's saying that's ludicrous. He's saying it's not what the, the, the principle was made for. Bugs is an issue of defining the bug. Is there a crack in this letter in the Sefer Torah or not? It's, it's microscopic crack. So that, we're saying that, goes by human ability. We, the Torah doesn't require you to go above and beyond human ability. But he says when it comes to uh, modern technology, if someone has chemotherapy, their cancer is gone. I don't care if the cancer was gone through uh, extra vile rays or, or through fish oil or how it was gone. But at the end of the day, this guy is no longer terminally ill. So he's saying, according to Moshe Feinstein, any new technology in medicine cannot change the halachic status. It makes, he says it's, it's ludicrous. And he, um, he says, Vein makiru, he says to say that halacha doesn't recognize um, machines, new technology, through human capabilities, he says the whole thing is, is absurd. So to hear. At the end of the guy the day, the guy's hearing. So Dina Pikach Lakhaldavar. 
And he says it's totally not related to, to, to that principle that we discussed three weeks back, which is that halacha doesn't recognize subclinical. Again, Ramosha Feinstein is making this jump and broadening it. So, so just to finish off, so, so clearly, Ron, was that your issue? Are you agreeing with this, that, with this dissent to Ramosha Feinstein? You have greater issues than that. You have too many issues. Okay, well, not for today. I charge a lot more for those issues to deal with them. Um, the <laughs> Right, exactly. Meaning the, the electric card. It's the same tshuva. He, that he mentioned this. This Rabasha Weiss brings that tshuva also. And he says it's ludicrous. At the end of the day, the guy, his heart is beating. Who cares how we know his heart is beating? You know, is it through electric cardigram, through, through uh, prophecy, through, uh, you know, Pastor Hagee said it's beating. He's alive. Who cares? On Sunday morning, you know. Right. What's the difference? The guy's heart's beating. He's alive. I don't care how we got to that point. Right. So, so that's his big problem with emotions. So I was struggling with this because how could Ramosha miss the boat in this and it's God forbid to say that Ramosha finds how does he not understand knows this question knows how is he broadening again that principle of so I believe and this is what I this is my opinion here is what's that, what's that? Ramosha finds he had a problem because once you say and this we mentioned this a few weeks back once you say that technology can change the halachic status of a person, then you have a problem, as we're, because then that means, as Ron's pointing out, for 2,000 years we got it wrong. And Ramosha has a problem with that, saying that. So he comes to the same conclusion, let's say with hearing aids or electrocardiograms. The guy is alive, yes, we have to save his life, we have to violate Shabbat to save his life, if the electrocardiogram shows that he's still alive. But the question is, the, the principle behind it is important, because if you say that te- now technology is saying that is showing us that 2,000 years we were burying people who were who were alive, so that means we were mur- we we're calling every rabbi a murderer for the last 2,000 years, every chavik kaddish. So that's where he has a problem, and that's why he has to circumvent that issue by saying yes, no, halacha doesn't recognize that he's alive really. Just as a suffix, maybe because he has 90% of people, or say 20% of people, can be resuscitated who have electrocardiogram showing they're alive, so therefore we have to resuscitate him and violate Shabbat. But it's not that he's halachically alive. He's really halachically dead. So he's, he's trying, and he mentions this in the other truth, the same thing here. What we're saying is, if we're saying that this guy is a hearing, well here it's different, because now he's only hearing now because of the hearing aid. But, but the point is, he has a problem saying that, that halacha, that technology can change the halachic status, because then what's happening is, you're saying for 2,000 years, the, we got it wrong. And that could put people in a bad place. That you're saying they're murderers, etc. 